Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey. All right. So lots of voices. We are again uh, set to put on a show for you folks. Hope you enjoy. We are recording here on February eighth, two twenty fourteen. Wow, we've been into the. We've been doing this for just over two years now. It's kind of crazy. Holy bucks. Um, and yeah. we've got a full studio of folks here. So without further ado, I'll be your host, Conzy with the most. I'm also joined by my co-host. Stark Raving Matt is here. Excellent. Or Brian. Excellent. And Brian. Hello, How's it going, Brian? Uh, pretty good, I guess. School and work and everything else has yeah. been keeping me really busy. Derby. Yeah, you're back on to the, the whole school thing. So, well, Yeah. <laughs> Yippee. As you heard through our intro there, we've got a couple other gentlemen here that are fine and wonderful and here to give you our opinions about all sorts of stuff. So you guys should remember old Paul. Yep. P.J. Shard, hello. And Paul has joined us again in the studio. And then we've also got our friend Kenny from the Cobbit Phased. How's it going, Kenny? I got my dwarfs. <laughs> so therefore it's going I'm good. amazing you, you've got wave one of the dwarfs so speaking of dwarfs actually we'll go ahead and and t- uh get into the what we're going to talk about today's show but speaking about the dwarves that's kind of the new hotness what does everybody think about the this latest army coming out i'll go first because i'm <laughs> impatient um i'm actually not sold on the new range of dwarves at all as far as the infantry concerned the, really? They changed the shape of the head a little bit on the dwarves. They changed the aesthetic a little bit. And I think it looks great, but I don't think it fits at all with the existing range of dwarves. And that bothers me. But, however, there's one huge exception, and that's the gyrocopter gyro bomber. I think that looks awesome. Oh, that's that's interesting. I think that's like the opposite take everybody else in this room. <laughs> no, I, I do like it. I like it for other reasons. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely got a reason for why it looks the way it looks. Yeah, I'm not sure that I care for it, being an old time dwarf player, but uh, mm-hmm. but 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 I do. I, I like the the new hammer, the new hammer models that you you brought here tonight, Kenny or today, Kenny. Those are pretty solid. Getting a look at them on the sprue. Oh yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Well, I think I think also these new dwarfs they fit in for me because I have so many of the I have all the alternate lines. Yep, like seven or eight companies, and they look more like that. Mm-hmm. So just the old skull pass ones and the like, kind of you know, crappy warrior ones are just going to be pushed to the back, just like they are in the dwarf book. They're in the back, and <laughs> exactly. the lights coming through, and they're just fading into the background. Yeah, I think it is definitely a really updated style compared to the rest of the dwarf range. I mean, the last stuff was the same as the really old ones, but yeah, these are definitely a different take, and I really like the infantry mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I love the infantry. Don't get me wrong; I think the design of it is absolutely yeah. gorgeous, but already owning two battalions of the old dwarves and the slayers and everything it, uh-huh. the design just doesn't fit i stacked the them up this machines. morning mm-hmm. I, I did put I, them side by side and they do work out i put uh avatars of war i put the skull pass put the uh a hammer uh and like two or three other things together mm-hmm. and it actually does work out it wasn't until i you see on the ipad or they have in the white dwarf they have the how to paint dwarf thing mm-hmm. which i don't know if you buy or not but in that it's got like Two of the new ones and an old one, and it actually with the paint kind of ties them together a little bit better. Yeah, the the paint job can definitely make them fit. As far as me personally, I I don't know if you've listened to the show. I'm a big style Nazi, <laughs> and so the amount of detail, uh, etc., that's on the new the new kits is amazing. But I can't see anyone running a regular unit of dwarf warriors and feeling to me like they look kind of the same. 
I think if, should you find a retailer, maybe online or not, that is willing to sell you bits, you might be able to get just the shoulder pads, mm-hmm. and pop them on like some of the existing warriors. Yeah, and it would tie them in. Yeah, that's out. true. Uh, or if the shields, if you had enough extra shields to be able oh, to equip the new shields. warriors, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was thinking, you know, right away when I saw the the hammer models online when the pictures got leaked, I was thinking right away that I would want to go ahead and include them with the cyborg dwarves that I currently have. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, these cyborg dwarves will be awesome now as my core warriors, and I'll be able to go ahead and take these hammers and use them in my army. Course. What are the cyborg ones? Are those the mantic those, things? Those, those. No, those are the oh. the really high detailed dwarves oh, the fancy I have. Ones? Yeah. Oh, and mix. Okay, I, see what so, I think those would be really good warriors in the same army. Gold golden hammers, as they're called. Yeah, the golden guard, I think, is golden guard. Yeah, yep, the they come guard. in, uh, but they come in twelve. So it's kind of weird. I was gonna, ha- I was gonna get a new another a second box of them, but now that I got these, I can kind of mix them in. Because like a pack, I ran like my hammers. I had all non. Now, not anymore. Current GW hammers, like those only ones were like the static ones were in the middle, and I had other hammers around, kind of like as a periphery. Sure, sure. So basically, the old ones were like a unit filler. So the actual hammers, but it looked a lot better. All right. So overall, I think we're very excited that we got another army coming out, new, yes. new release. It's been so long since dwarves have been have been seen a, a re- reprint of their book. And we go back to the tail end of 6th edition, so, you know, essentially they went a whole edition and almost the full cycle of a 2nd edition before they got another book. And for a core army that's so centered around so much of the the story and the fluff and the whole thing with it, with that is the Warhammer world, it's really cool to see them come out and get some attention and, and needed love. And, and for me, I, I am very much, I feel, the old school dwarf uh, kind of mentality where... You know, I don't trust. I I like, I don't trust them stinking guns yet. You know, they're sophisticated, that newfangled stuff. And I think this dwarf released. You know, all the talk about well, maybe they'll get golems or maybe they'll get this or that. I don't think there's going to be. Any, I don't. You know, so far the rumors don't say there's any of that in the book. It seems like it's held really true to that feel of the old school dwarfs while still being able to add a few additional components. Like, I may not necessarily care for the Gyro Bomber model. I might not necessarily care for the new Gyrocopter. But I think the, the idea of the, the Gyrocopter Bomber, the Euro Bomber, is a great a great take on the old. Like, you know, I remember back in 5th Ed when my Gyrocopters could do bombing runs. So, like, all of a sudden now they've, got, they've found a way to bring this back, and, and it's not something that's really uh, new or completely different to the to the army. So I'm excited. I personally really like the design of the gyro. We were kind of talking a little bit beforehand about how, to me, it looks like they took a submarine and just put a helicopter rotor on it, which to me fits exactly and kind of explains all of dwarf culture a little bit. They take something that works and then you turn it into something else and then you would make it look kind of cool or make it better at what it does. But dwarf culture is so much more entrenched in this is what's traditional and this is what we're going to work on. And so it takes something that's a brand new figure, but makes it kind of fit in with the existing fluff, even though there's never been a model for a submarine <laughs> in uh, fantasy itself. Obviously, Man of War had them. Dreadfleet had their little Zeppelins, which matched this design perfectly as well. So I, I think it worked really cool. 
Okay, so enough dwarfs. Let's go ahead and, and let you folks know what we're going to talk about today. So this episode is going to be uh, uh, about just kind of a catch-up episode to touch base with where everybody's been at. I know for most of us that are in studio, we were all at Wapaka, so that'll be a kind of a big topic of of conversation for us all. And then uh, we'll kind of go ahead and, and just touch base and see where everybody is in the hobby and, and, and such. So let's go ahead and move into, we do have a, a bit of news. Um, so if you guys have been longtime listeners, you've been with us for the for the two years we've been out, we are doing some changes to the show here. We're changing our format a little bit differently from what we've done in the past. So um, you're used to the two-hour-ish shows. We're now moving our format to a, a one-hour show. We're hoping that this will allow us to get two shows out a month um, between... Uh, the uh, you know we talked about it where we we backed it off to one show a month with because of Brian's school schedule and everything like that. Uh, we've now kind of talked about it and we feel that moving the show to a one hour episode will make it better for you guys, listeners, to be able to catch us and, and listen to more of our episodes um, because it, you know in the the ever competing and growing Warhammer Fantasy podcast market that there is out there. But also then will allow us to be able to, with the same amount of recording time or maybe just a little bit more recording time, be able to meet that commitment of two shows a month to help make sure that you're coming back and listening to our shows. So I hope you guys appreciate it. I hope you like it. It's definitely something we're gonna tr- we're definitely gonna go with here. And I think I don't see this changing anytime, at least not for uh, 2014. So uh, let us know what your thoughts are on it um, from this episode on. What have you guys been up to in the hobby? Have you guys made any of your... So, I think most of us were here for the Mayhem show. But where have you guys been hobby-wise? I know there's been... You know, it's been since probably mid-December since we really sat down and, and properly recorded a show. So, I'm sure there was lots of hobby that was completed. <laughs> uh, well, some of us, anyways. I can get mine out of the way real quick. All right, well, go for it. <laughs> I think I haven't done anything since our last show, hobby-wise. <laughs> I think I have, I have like, done a lot in my head, but not any actual work, I guess. Like, um, if we want to throw our, like, what we've been up to in general, like any games we've played, like, I've been out to, I've been making Pegasus on Mondays a few times, and just with my schedule, I wanted to switch to smaller games so I could get out of there before, like, 9, 10 o'clock. So I switched to a thousand point games and I've taken that opportunity to kind of write some different lists, include some things I haven't played with before. And I'm pretty excited about that. Just using some of the different units I haven't used, like Cryptors and Vargeists and trying to work Blood Knights in there and things like that. Just, I'm really excited to try out all the different stuff. And then I might even buy some Vargeists if they work out and that'll be some heavy conversion because I'm not a huge fan of the models and. That'll be along the same lines as my Terrorgeist I own, but that hasn't gotten any work yet either. And then <laughs> Cryptors might be a little easier. I was planning to use... I think I'll use the Mantic Werewolves for that. I was hoping to have a Werewolf, and I think the Mantic ones will do the job for that. So I'm kind of excited to do all those modeling opportunities, and I'm just kind of excited about gaming in general. So hopefully I can find some time to get some paint on those ghouls here. I the only I guess I did actually do a little bit of work. I kind of took everything out of my bag and did sign it some repairs or whatever since I transport them so well. A lot of weapons break off and things like that. So all the zombies are whole again and such. <laughs> so that's good. And Ooh. I finally made room in my foam for some of the stuff that's just been tossed in with zombies for way too long <laughs> for no good reason. So <laughs> that's what I accomplished. 
right. Well, Kenny, where, where have you been at? I mean, you had some work you were getting ready for Wapaka, right? Yeah, it's been mostly Paca stuff. I just had to get the dwarves done for that. Actually, I don't know. I have been very busy. So because I had school break, which was two weeks shorter than I thought it was going to be. So whoops. <laughs> I don't know how I screwed that up. I thought I'd have six weeks. Somehow in my head it made sense, but nope. But I spent uh, the first like week or two of January, I did a lot of painting. And I got Paca done, and I got several, it's not Warhammer, but I got several Trollblood models for hordes. Several of them painted. That's cool. Like done, done painted. Uh, like the caster I used and some War Beast, and some that are at least like in progress. So. Nice. And, uh, so yeah, pretty good. And then today, uh, actually last, last night I started assembling the new hammers. I put together the new dwarf, uh, King, the special character. And I put together the, the Slayer model, which I actually like. I have him, I think I have him posed, like, leaping a little bit, leaning forward, instead of so, like, up and springy, which I think is an accident, but I actually like it better. Like, yeah, I, I so ranked do it I. up and it works. So do I, definitely. I, I I looked at it when you showed it to me. I'm like, wow, that looks a lot better than the picture online. <laughs> well, you might think that about the Gyro Bomber, too. Is some of the, the paint schemes and everything they have online. I, I know they've dumbed it down over the past few months, but... It, a little. Yeah. For the longest time, I haven't been liking anything GW's painted for their <laughs> models lately. I mean, I but get the whole making it easier thing, but, yeah. The dwarf yeah. themes don't seem too bad besides the gyrocopter. I think that could, maybe a little paint would help my appeal to it as well. I need to be able to paint. As soon as I can open it up and spray, like, I, I can't spray anything. I can't prime anything. And I got one of the spray guns, but I can't open the window. Like, <laughs> hopefully in March, I'll be able to do some painting, some things oh. that involve spray. Say so you should have brought brought whatever you needed primed over here. We would, uh, you know, before you left, we probably could have got away with spraying. Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, hey, next time you record, Brian and I don't mind uh, a little of fumes if we had to. <laughs> I don't want brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's because so, I'm in an apartment. I'm being considerate. Take it in the hallway. Nobody will be the wise. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell their cooking when it's really strong. <laughs> I'd say so. Says the guy about brain damage that spent hours sanding foam and sucking foam dust. That's just true. <laughs> to no avail. I still have nothing to show for it. Yeah, we're <laughs> Yeah, how, what what's the status of that Dark Elf Tower, Brian? It's still sitting in your basement somewhere. Our, our fans want to know. We'll pick it up when it gets closer to mayhem again, I think. Mayhem 14. <laughs> <laughs> That's its due date. You don't do anything that far in advance. Come on. Uh, I actually, we're, I was actually <laughs> debating on on starting to lock up the venue and recruiting events for this year already. So it's a good plan. So mayhem talk is already <laughs> starting <laughs> very soon. I'm trying to. We'll try to go into year six with more plans. I mean, that's one of the things that walked away from Wapaka. They kind of had this running kind of go with uh, Crystal, which is uh, the uh, Ryan's uh, the Bear's wife who runs all the charity drive stuff at Wapaka, and they did something like $4,000 this year. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it's been kind of a running thing between me and her as to who can generate the most charity cash. And I'm not sure I can beat 4K, but I'm sure the heck going to try. <laughs> <laughs> it's those British pounds they convert over. It was helpful. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, those guys were spending cash like left over right. It was really <laughs> crazy. They were asking, yeah. like, I'm sorry, uh, I think it was Tomlin. It's like, I, we don't make UK money, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what have you been working on? I, I believe there might have been something that skitters quite a bit across the ground. Uh, exactly. I've been a working baby? on my, my Spider Rider army. I'm not done with it, but I've got it to a relatively presentable level. 
So um, I was working on it before Mayhem, played with it at Mayhem, and then worked on it a lot more before PACA. And um, I basically went from pretty much just maybe one cone of paint on almost everything to um, three colors and highlights on everything uh, between about the first week of December and Wapaka. But now that this is the, probably the first time that I've gotten an army to a what I would consider maybe an acceptable level. Not great, but acceptable. And I'm just not at all satisfied with it. There's so much more that I want to do. And it's not even just the modeling. It's just with the painting. So um, I'm going to be working on that for a while. Yet it's it was just so much fun to play with at Mayhem and with Paca. I just don't see any reason to not keep working on it. So yeah, it was. I got to see it, and I took a look at it. I don't know if you did, Kenny, at, at Paca. It was. Yeah, it was definitely. It definitely came along. It was definitely unique, and it was interesting. It was vibrant. Lots of bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I want to do some more work. Yeah, you can still see that, but it definitely a really good, really cool looking army. Really good coming along. Yeah, my big thing is the spider riders themselves just have a bunch of washes on them. Which looks kind of cool, but I want them to actually look more uniform and more painted. So I think that unit's going to be, the spiders specifically are just going to get a full paint treatment. And there's a lot of highlighting that I didn't get done that I wanted to get done. So that's going to be in progress as well. So it was a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying working on it, but I still got a ways to go. <laughs> that's really cool, Paul. I mean, like I said, I- I really thought the army looked cool, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited to to hear. I definitely hear you. What you mean? I definitely hear what you mean. Like just a wash on an army, or just a wash on a model after a, a base paint, and maybe a, a, a touch of a highlight. That looks good at the tabletop standard, but definitely under scrutiny. Folks that look at it definitely tell the difference. But it was really cool to see it and see it on the table, and the difference between mayhem because I got to see it at mayhem, and then to see it at Wapaka that five weeks. It definitely saw you were putting in some serious time painting. Yeah, there was a, a whole lot of time <laughs> and a whole lot of time I got to make up for spending all that time painting on stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I actually got another Arachnorok and another gigantic spider hero for Christmas. So I'm going to be adding to it. So now I have five Arachnoroks and I've got five <laughs> heroes on gigantic spider. That's crazy. Nice. Yeah. And the other thing that I really like about it is that after playing 10 games of this army, I feel like I'm beginning to understand how to actually play it, but I don't actually completely get it yet. And that's a really fun process. And even when I'm looking at the dwarves, the army list that I'm coming up with, just doing like tons of gyros and gyro bombers and bugmen and rangers, is almost the same idea. And it's just, I don't know, I guess I'm really liking this idea of taking a special character and theming an army around him to the hilt. And having an army that just plays completely differently. But when we talk about pack, I'll explain why I really enjoyed that. So, okay, and then myself between Mayhem and Paca, I fiddled with army lists. And if you remember listening to the Mayhem show, you hear me like, "Oh, well, if I don't end up taking the Scave, and I'll end up taking the Tomb Kings." Well, guess what? I didn't take either of those. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't> <laughs> Surprised so, me too. Yeah, I whole hummed myself into taking my Dark Elves. And when I submitted a list, and then I played it once, and <laughs> I knew it was bad, but I played it once <laughs> at the store, and I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. And so I apologized very much to the Raj and resubmitted my list. And I, and from a TO, I understand what a 
pain in the re- the neck it is to okay, <laughs> you've submitted one list, you've checked it, and then the guy submits another one, and you're like, darn it, I've already checked and verified this list. Now I've got to check and verify another one. <laughs> and so, I mean, I really did feel bad about doing that to the Raj, but I'm like, I, in all honesty, I cannot spend the kind of money I'm going to spend and the kind of time I'm going to spend at Wapaka and play this god awful garbage list for five games. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna seriously impact the amount of enjoyment I can have for the weekend. I will be completely honest. I definitely my list that I submitted again was not the best, but it was the best with the models I could. I could get painted in time, and it definitely did on the table. Definitely impact that I had better games, even in my losses, other than the one loss that I had. It was better in every one of those games. I was much better, and so I did to get that get to that list. I did paint up six witch elves, and I got at least I got the base coats on six witch elves, <laughs> and I got the uh, one of the new units of dark riders built and painted to at least base coats and some washes again. To that kind of, it's a decent standard, but it's definitely not where I want it to be. Yeah. But it was definitely some serious hobby there. We've played some games. It's been fun. Getting things going at Pegasus has been... Uh, it was a little bit of a struggle coming off through the holidays, but I think we're getting a big chunk of that old crew now. is kind of coming back together that we had at the last square. We've had some decent nights. I think the, the most we've had is five games in one night, so we had, I think, ten people or so there. The one night, and most of the time we've got. I think for the most part, we we other than I think one night in January we had where it was snowing. We've had at least three games going a night, so that's been really solid. The Pegasus uh, playing down to Pegasus games on Odana Road. It's been really good. It's been a. Yeah, I was a little worried about moving the group and moving stores and moving nights, but uh, it's I think made it so that. Some folks that weren't coming were are able to come again. Like it's nice seeing Empire Nick at the store again. Brian's been able to make it quite a bit lately. We haven't seen Kenny out very much. I made it once. <laughs> and it was just Mark and uh, I think the guy that was, Nick's his name too. Yeah, it was. I think the night it snowed because yeah, we haven't seen Mark. No, it wasn't. At all. It was the week before Paca. Oh yeah. Okay. So that that would have been it. Next, I wasn't there. I know there was one night it was like either snowy or cold or something. I didn't make it. Oh, I was sick. I was like deadly ill that night. Yeah, that was crappy I was, weather. <laughs> I was going into, uh, I was, I have, like, because I think I missed Monday and Tuesday that week. I don't remember. Anyways, <laughs> the, 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 the story, the moral of the story here you should get away is that if you're in Madison, you're looking for Warhammer, Pegasus Games, Monday nights, we've been doing a great job of having to build a, keeping up and continuing to, to build our group, and we'd love to see you out. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take a break here. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and, and catch up on Wapaka and anything else we've been going that's been going on. Okay. okay. Okay, yeah, we are back. So let's go ahead and one of the other things I don't think we've talked about, we mentioned in the Mega Battle Show because the Mega Battle Show, the Triumph and Treachery was coming out, but we were kind of during the break there talking about it amongst ourselves, so I think it would be great to 
to capture some of that knowledge and thoughts on the show, maybe not knowledge, but thoughts anyways, <laughs> of, about Triumph and Treachery and what, what everybody has said about it. Now, this is something, this is a product the Games Workshop put out that initially when people saw the price tag on it, I think there was a lot of people going, uh, no, this mm-hmm. isn't, I'm not going to buy this. It's way too much money. I definitely, I know I was definitely in that camp. I don't even know what's it run. 80, 80 bucks. 85, yeah. yeah. Now, for your 85, 80 or 85 bucks, really only one or two guys in your game group really needs it. Really one guy, one guy per game. Yep. So Triumph and Treachery, yeah, eight, what, what, 85 bucks. It yep. came out with this huge price tag. Well, guys, is it worth the price tag? For no idea. I haven't played it yet. I got to say absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Well, number one, I got it as a Christmas present, so absolutely worth the price tag. <laughs> That's not fair. Thanks, but, Santa. Yeah. Well, actually, it was from my wife, and I actually went back and thanked my wife after I played my first game of Triumph and <laughs> Treachery uh, because this actually works well with the PACA coverage. My first game of Triumph and Treachery was actually on Friday night of Wapaka. I was just kind of wandering around the hall. A couple games were going, and and Chris from Black Sun and also Tippy Rick were just kind of hanging out. And Andrea and Brad, Relian uh, and Lucky Sixes on Twitter, were also hanging out. And they're like, hey, would you mind you know, playing a game of Triumph and Treachery? And I'm sorry, I'm probably going to turn into a horrible a- English accent when I'm talking about Chris <laughs> or Chippy. But anyway... And I was like, yeah, totally. I got the book right here. And so we grabbed the book. Chris had played before, and that was it. So Chippy and Andrea and Brad hadn't played before. And it was kind of me trying to run through the book and be like, ah, I think it works this way, and you know, skim the rules. I've read through it twice. But it's a really simple mechanic. You just kind of bring a thousand-point army. You can make it more complicated if you want to, and you can play with allies. Um, but you have the book that basically just gives you a guideline of how to play. And the way that the phases work, Kenny, you know this, is, is that it's kind of fun a little back and forth where every time it's your turn, every phase, so combat phase, shooting phase, magic phase, movement phase, you have to declare an opponent, an enemy. And then you can only do anything, something that affects that opponent. And everything, everything else on the board counts as um, just basically immovable terrain. Yeah, so each phase you can pick a different... Opponent, yep. if you want, though. Oh, okay. Exactly. And you could be strategic and like the. If I pick you, then the other two people get cards. So if yep. it's a phase like a movement phase where yep. it doesn't matter or anything, because you roll, you, know, to get yep. you roll, and if you roll a six, you get a card. So, and the cards are really fun too. Actually, the cards make it interesting uh, because number one, there's five cards that you get, and those are each of the players. You each have a symbol, so you're a hammer or an axe or a staff or a shield. Every round, you actually deal out those cards. And so there's no guarantee if you went first in the first turn that you'll be going first in the second turn. And you actually flip it over and reveal them as it goes along so you have no idea what turn you're in. So it really helps with the treachery bit because you have no idea what's going to happen. If somebody goes fifth and then goes first, it can really mess some stuff <laughs> yeah, up. That'd be crazy. Exactly. Yeah. But then the cards really kind of give you a little bit of an ability to react to it because Brad actually had all three cards that force his opponent to pick a different enemy during each phase. Our game itself was actually really fun. I played with my Spider Rider Death Star with uh, Snaggle Grobspit and two Doom Divers. And Chris was playing with his Dark Elves, and he was immensely excited to be able to cast Final Transmutation <laughs> with no comp. Because he was like, I've got, I've got to cast Final Transmutation. I can't cast it in the UK because everybody comps it. 
And I just, I want to go back to the UK and say, I cast Final Transmutation. <laughs> and he had his um, awesome little uh, basilisk painted up. It was absolutely gorgeous. And he just walks around each plane and is like, if you shoot off my basilisk, I'm going to pick up my stuff and I'm going to go right back home. I just finished <laughs> painting this. You better not. And so he was at, like from the outset, before we even started rolling any dice, he's going around and trying to guilt everyone else into not killing his army. And Chippy had uh, his demons going on, and then Andrea had some high elves, and Brad had his warriors. It was hilarious to watch Andrea and Brad go back and forth because Brad kept attacking Andrea. And every time he did, like she would just give him this look. And it became a running joke of exactly how long Brad was going to be sleeping in the back seat of the car. You know, Was he going to make it into the hotel at all over the weekend or not? And the game itself was just a lot of fun. It took a couple hours, and Brad kept... He had a demon prince, and the demon prince had picked up the objective, which was an artifact. And if you have the artifact at the end of the game, you get 500 points, and basically Brad would have won. So every turn, Chris was trying to cast Final Transmutation. And so every magic phase is like, all right, I pick Brad as my opponent. And then Brad would be like, I'm sorry, pull out a card. They're both evil. So he's like, okay, you got to pick another opponent. Second turn, all right, I pick Brad as my opponent in the magic phase. Brad pills another card, and Chris just starts swearing, because he's like, what the heck is going on? And then third turn, he's like, all right, I'll pick Brad as my opponent, and he pulls out the third card, and he just starts laughing, and he's like, ha ha, I had all three cards when I, you know, at the beginning of the game, I had all three cards, so I knew he'd get through three turns, but then the fourth turn, he's like, I pick Brad as my opponent, and Brad's like, yeah, I got nothing, and he's like, all right, final transmutation, and he casts it, kills the demon prince, Wins the game, game ends. <laughs> it was awesome. It was an epic nice. beginning to the weekend. Awesome. That's I feel bad because I, I shot off his basilisk in our game. <laughs> <laughs> you shot off pretty much everything in his game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, he came back. <laughs> <laughs> you got a game of Dragon from Tetrian as well? Or? Yeah, so did Coons. We were in the same game. We had... All three elves. We had dark elves, wood elves, high elves, and That's then dwarves. Cool. I, I do not acknowledge that this game occurred. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither was I coherent enough to to really play it. Nor, <laughs> nor was anybody on that table at all have my back. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, like Kenny and I can attest that you were not coherent enough to be playing Warhammer <laughs> on Friday night. This is uh, before that even. Yeah. Oh goodness! Yeah, this was. I had put down most of flask of vodka by this point. <laughs> uh, you were, yeah, your attention span was definitely waning. A little bit. <laughs> I, re- I really didn't want to play. <laughs> we uh, we were trying to get a game going. Who are you playing with? Uh, we had uh, bubbles and top. Nice. Over there too. So we did a four person game. Egg. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Kunz had some bad luck. He ended up going last. Like. Almost every except <laughs> once. Not, not only did I go last, but a couple of things, couple of observations. Triumph and Treachery does award based on every fifty points you kill. Correct. So bringing a bunch of small units of things like Dark Riders, Shades, <laughs> you know, all of these like roughly a hundred point units or like five or six toughness three no armor save wounds. Somehow that painted a giant bullseye on my <laughs> on my army. So next, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, I put my army on the board. Oh yeah, nobody's gonna kind of help me out at all here. That's great. Oh look, I got shot and magicked off the board. Okay, game over. <laughs> like, like I, by the end of the hmm. game, I like all my models were gone, and like uh, 
that was before the end of the game. Like at some point, I was like, okay, I've got like five guys left. I can't make a difference. Just kill my stuff so I can go drink. <laughs> and we obliged. We obliged. Yeah, and then he did go drink. I think the dwarfs actually. Now I think about it. It was better for us because the three elves can move so fast, mm-hmm. and so they were threats to each other. We just couldn't <laughs> get over there, and so you guys took each other out, or you were going after each other, like pretty like right away. Because I, there's no way I could possibly get over it to be a threat. Nice. Well, that works out well. I think my original turn plan three, was yeah. to like pummel the dwarfs and let the high elves and wood elves duke it out, but yeah, then it didn't work. Bubbles, we have a new book. <laughs> Bubbles went. Oh, I can shoot those small little dark elf units and get lots of points. Excellent, and he proceeded on turn two after I begged and whined and like, Dude, don't, I, I got your back. I won't turn on you. You said that to everybody every time. <laughs> I didn't say it to Tufts Ion, and I didn't say it to you. Turn one. I don't think. <laughs> turn one. I had full intentions to kill dwarves. <laughs> You're like, hey. Well, you did say it, and you said, "Don't believe me." <laughs> I think I actually remember hearing that. I remember you saying, don't believe me. I won't stab you in the back. That's the fun of it, though, that that social component. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. And you can just sit there and drink and hang out. And there's dead time built in for three of the players or two of the players to be able to just kind of hang out and talk. And that was actually my favorite. Like, probably, I'd have to say, that was my favorite game of the weekend. The tournament itself was awesome, but that was my favorite game. Just being able to talk to two people that I've been on Twitter with and, you know, like I introduced myself and I'm like, Hey, you know, Paul Wagner, otherwise known as PJ Shard. And they both are like, Oh yeah, totally. And they knew who I was. And we were just, you know, like picking up a conversation that's been going on for a year or so on Twitter. And it was just an amazing experience. And Chippy Rick had actually said that to me at some other point during the weekend. He was just like, it's just weird to walk into a room and people know you, you know? And especially for people coming from the UK, that was just that was a great experience, and it was just a really it's fun the first game. time putting a lot of faces with like actually Twitter names, mm-hmm. putting them together. Because I walked up to people and they introduced themselves, like, "Oh, I know who you are," yep. <laughs> or "I know who you are," you know, digitally. Yeah, like Rob Fanouf. I mean, I talk to him all the time, but you know, you almost never get to play against him. Brad is like insanely active on Twitter, so everybody knows who he is. You know, so it's. It's a, a, a that's become one of my favorite things about tournaments is just seeing all these people that I play with or that make might, fun of on Twitter all the time. It might be the balance for me because I'm not into the whole competitive thing so much. And Packet was pretty mm-hmm. good, but I think that's a nice way to balance that. Like if I if I go to a hardcore tournament and I could get a triumph treachery like at least one if not two games in, mm-hmm. that would do it for me. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, I think the the verdict in here, Triumph Treachery, was is actually a really good product. Mm-hmm. We recommend it strongly. Um, I think that's all of us, Brian. You haven't had a chance to play it yet. Not yet. But uh, we're hopefully going to get you a game here soon. I think so. And then uh, you'll be able to comment as well. But I think for a multiplayer game that's having everybody against everybody, it it has a great rule set. And um, as we found out this last Monday. Um, in our three-player, it was Dustin, me, and um, Aaron. Uh, so Ogres, Warriors of Chaos, and uh, Skaven. At uh, I think we were doing 1K lists. And we found out that even with a single Saber Tusk left, that <laughs> the, you know, in a three-player three game, that guy, with the because he was able to get cards that really were, like, 
at, at one point, so Aaron got crushed off the table pretty bad with his ogres um, early on because my like I hit a dead on smack, explore the three inch uh, warp lightning cannon hit smack right right in the center of his iron gut block <laughs> at strength ten. So it was strength ten d six wounds to every single one of those ogres. <laughs> iron guts there, iron guts not. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> And then, you know, a couple of other really good hits with my Warp Lightning Cannons into turn, even into turn two, and he was basically out of the game. So the rest of the game, he just basically, he went all auction off, like, it start, well, I guess it started, I, <laughs> I didn't want him to charge me. So I didn't want him to pick me in the movement phase, so I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll give you, like, three coins if you don't pick me in the movement phase. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll take him. And I gave him the coins, and he held up his part of the deal. So then he went, and then he started going, oh, well, I have these, you know, he'd look at the opportunities and be like, okay, I'll auction off this card. You know, if Dustin, you really want this card? And Dustin would be like, okay, I really want this. And I'd be like, oh, I can't have him have this card because it'll really be bad for me. So we'd be in like a bidding <laughs> war on some of these cards. <laughs> Next thing you know, Aaron and his single saber tusk wins the game. <laughs> Because he's been bidding off the, you know, bidding off. We had this bidding war between me and Dustin the whole game. Nice, yeah, that, that's Trixie. Yeah, I'm not sure that the best army or player won the game, mm-hmm. but definitely the best player when it came to playing a triumph and treachery game. Oh yeah, won the game definitely. So, I would recommend if you have if you're a sensitive player or if you have sensitive players in your group that they don't do this. Yeah, because there's a lot of backstabbing and there's a lot of. <laughs> That's the fun you of told it. me that you were gonna you know no, yeah. it's just about killing everything you can kill, and having fun having a good time. Yeah, it's definitely if you take the game with a great assault that you know it doesn't really matter who's gonna win. It's gonna be a great amount of silliness. It's a great opportunity to play units you maybe don't normally field. Because, yeah, I lost it, but the game's really not about, hey, I lost this or I or did really well. The mm-hmm. game is about just having fun, having laughs, having that little bit of back-and-forth friction about stabbing each other in the back. It's a Warhammer again. Yeah. That's, the, I mean, that's the treachery. There's a bit more randomness. It definitely the outcome of the game is not going to necessarily be the guy who killed the most stuff on the table. No. It certainly could be, but it doesn't necessarily going to be. And there's inevitably going to be a point in the game where you're like, I really need to go first, or I really need to attack this person, and something's going to happen where either they, that person plays a card, or the turn order doesn't come up the way you needed it to, yeah. and you're going to you're going to be like, oh crud! Now I'm behind the, now I'm losing because now Kenny got to shoot his cannons and took off my uh-huh. monster, took off my dragon before I got to go, or. I need to go before the Wood Elves. This definitely happened in our game at Wapaka. Uh-huh. I need to go before Bubbles Wood Elves, because if I do, those Witch Elves are going to charge those archers, and I'm <laughs> going to rape them. And instead, Bubbles got to go before me and shot all the Witch Elves dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a very vivid picture you just painted there, Coenzy. I'm just going to point out. <laughs> the other big thing about Trap Church that we, that we didn't do yet, that I really want to do, I like is the, the whole idea of mercenaries, that you can play... Yeah. Another army. You say if you have six or seven armies, or if you just want to bring another army, you want to try a unit or two. Like you can do that. Yep. Like that's how I'm kind of sampling the wood elves. Is like or, just through that. Yeah. The really other fun thing is that you can just bring characters. Yeah. There's no limit to that. So you you know if you've got a thousand points, you want to bring an allies, which would be a huge game. You can just bring like you know seven gigantic spiders out with heroes. I mean, like you can literally just. 
populate the board with whatever you have. So. Yeah, you just pick something you like. Hey, yeah. I like that. Like, I want to bring a siege giant or mm-hmm. could I destroy or whatever. I, want. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> um, fun. But I have to say, uh, this is just maybe my personal opinion, but Triumph and Treachery is the first product produced by Games Workshop to me that is intended for an over 18 audience. Because if you're playing this with 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds, this is going to be <laughs> not a fun game. You're going to have a lot of people whining, yeah. complaining. People will be killed. But if you're playing with this with over 18-year-olds, you know, like adults, this is an amazing game. But this is probably the first product ever that I'd be like, you know what? I'd probably say everyone should be an adult to play this game or, you know, a very mature kid. And that to me is awesome. Like I've, I've never seen a product that Games Workshop has put out that, really is geared towards the adult gamers. And like I said, this is a perfect well, pre-tournament game. So There's plenty of Dark Elf models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that probably should have been. And, Are and, you a, kidding? and a certain Night Goblin <laughs> that was published back in like the 80s. Yeah. Some Damon <laughs> middle finger in there too. Happens to be Conzie's general. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of odd to me that this is that the reaction people are so. It's great that people are excited about it, but mm-hmm. like, hey, it's like if you like that's how Warhammer, Warhammer's always been. And like, yeah, if you if you take a break from tournaments, go back to like the beer and pretzels, bigger games, crazy stuff happening, not worried about stuff, mm-hmm. just have a good time again. Yeah, I I I hope Tribe of Treachery at least gets people back in that mindset so they can go back to Warhammer. Mm-hmm. The moral yeah, is have fun, have fun with the game. Don't <laughs> yep. take it too seriously. Exactly. Now, moving on, since we kind of were talking about PACA and our, and our Triumph and Treachery games of PACA, we move on Friday night into the, the March of the Banner Parade. The March of the <laughs> scene missing. Yeah, what's, scene what's, missing. Where Kenny and I just kind of stand in the corner. And what's everybody laughing hit, at? Ben starts yelling. and <laughs> I don't remember that part. Oh, I remember that <laughs> no, part. You don't remember it. <laughs> So there was various so, pleading uh, of please get off that piece of furniture, <laughs> please stop yelling, don't put your clothes back. back he on. Over like, I don't think I think my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my clothes were still on at this point. Yeah, at that point there was nobody who was missing. Well, no, the Ohio Hammer boys dropped their pants. They did, um, but you know they spelled out Ohio Hammer, so it was it was decent enough. Yeah, the penmanship needed work. But yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. They just didn't have a steady hand when staring at each other. I just don't want to know what their O's were. <laughs> I was like, I think there's three more O's and they're supposed to be in there. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, uh, so they had the banner parades. I do. I definitely. This is about the point where Conzi blacks out for the night. Um, I do remember them, uh, Raj coming over and talking to WWHFB, and I'm pretty sure I was bed. miffed. And I'm pretty sure I was miffed that I didn't get enough mic time. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure you were too because you kept yelling after he walked away. And then you decided to yell at other people's announcement well after he was on the other side of the room. I don't remember any of that though. I, 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 I do kind of be, I remember getting my phone out and trying to do an interview with like the, guy, the guys yeah, in the club. And they're trying to do introductions. Goes to like, so what do you think about the tournament so far? And, I, and having listened to it, it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. But it apparently at some point I stopped recording. Yeah. Because I thought I was talking and, I, and it just stops. <laughs> I was waiting um, for you to do like a Peter Griffin onto the table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that was my, that was somebody else's responsibility that night. Uh, I would have to say though, a big shout out to Nebrolian for, uh, dressing up in all stars and stripes. Uh, you, did you remember this at all, Conzie? 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Gerald dressed up in stars and stripe pants, a stars and stripe vest, stars and stripe luchador mask. And when they introduced Skull Bros, they all come in in luchador masks, and then Mike Gerald comes bursting in from the hallway in full American paraphernalia <laughs> right next to the Black Sun Boys, and just starts running around the room cheering for everybody. And it took me a minute to be like, who the hell is this idiot jumping around? And then, oh, it's Gerald. Okay, fair enough. That's why it's actually pretty fun. That's why he's the people's champ. Exactly. <laughs> And I only made the connection because he was wearing sunglasses that had American flags on them before he changed into the luchador mask. <laughs> so, yeah, that was – if I would have remembered, I'm sure that would have been the moment of the evening. But at this point, my Friday night goes black until I get carried back to the hotel room. Is that and, how you got back? Yeah. Uh, I thought a moose dragged you back. Of, well, <laughs> yeah. a bear, a bear dragged me back. Yeah. A bear and meal dragged me to the hotel yeah. room, apparently about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember falling through any urinal partitions? Yeah. Nope. All right. I was trying to, I was trying I also, to that Did you answer wake up you. with any bruises in the I morning? did check for bruises. I did not have any bruises. I'm pretty sure that wasn't me. I had to try. I had to try. Yeah, I would, that would, honestly, when they came into the, the tournament hall the next day and said, there's some damage, I looked at it I was like, that might have been cozy, <laughs> but I, I didn't it know. It still might have been. There's a couple of other of us uh, that apparently went a little overboard as well. And apparently. I will, I will, I will <laughs> while I'm sure I had a blast, I really do need to apologize to everybody at Wapaka on Friday night. Uh, I really did take it a little too far. Uh-huh. I did not, I, did, I had a little bit too much liquor. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, it did definitely impact the rest of my weekend. It was a big mistake. You know, <laughs> this is not something I would recommend that anybody do for future Wapakas. Um, but they will. Yeah, <laughs> they will inevitably because people think that hey, oh hey, we can keep up and we can drink, and this is going to be a giant Holy drink fest. Shit, that people drink. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh I have to God. say, Conzi, I'm 99% positive it actually wasn't you that potentially did the bathroom because. In my vast experience of being around you, when you are heavily sedated with drink, you never fall sideways. You always fall face forward. Face down. <laughs> so, like, there was no dent in the wall above the urinal, so it couldn't possibly have been you. That is true. I, I do. I do get a little, a little I suspicions of who it is. Having, having face planted before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have fallen backwards, though, after leaning too far forwards. I have fallen backwards and been stuck in a snowbank before I couldn't get out. Yep. Uh, Moral of the story is I probably shouldn't drink vodka, and, and, and it just didn't impact, yes. this did impact my next weekend, <laughs> because the next weekend I had this great board gaming weekend with buddies, and I was like, no hard, I was like, no hard liquor. They had like this giant bottle of tasty vodka, and I'm like, no, I can't drink that. No. Ironically, the last time I remember you being what might, some people might consider out of control was when you downed an entire <laughs> bottle of vodka. And so maybe it's just snowboard. vodka. I've done that three times now in, in the last <laughs> uh, like got five or six years. <laughs> kryptonite liquor. If you're listening, you have one kryptonite liquor out there, at least one. All right. So now how about your first game on Saturday, Conzi? So I drew Mikey Ballard. Yep. And Mikey Ballard was running basically Zinch Demons with a bunch of horrors and <laughs> L- chicken. L- LOC, Lord yeah. of Change. Lord of Change. And then two skill cannons. Yes. <laughs> but they were fluffy because, you know, they were, they were, they were the two Zinch skills. flyers they with, you know, the, the, the mutilith. <laughs> 
They were two skill cannons in a Zinch army. It was a pretty cool conversion, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't fluffy. So, (laughs) and Mikey's no slouch as a player. So I knew this was going to be a tough matchup. It's Mikey, so it's really cool. I get to play Mikey. I like, I love playing Mikey. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mikey's been a fan of the show for a long time, so it's also really cool that way too. Um, which is really kind of how I kind of I think I've built a a real strong friendship with uh, Mike Ballard over the years, over the last couple of years. but uh, the game was, uh, we had this giant, like, uh, mound in the center of the table with this little bitty, like, they had rules. Like, there was no terrain <laughs> rules on the table except for, like, you could only fit a 100-millimeter wide unit was the only rule through the pass that was in the middle of these two, like, rock structures in the center of this big, giant rock pass that was in the center of the table. And uh, the game, I don't even remember what the scenario was. I wasn't feeling great. Um, the scenario was whoever started for who had traveled the farthest got first turn, and I don't and remember the deployment. Yeah, the deployment I, was as per dawn attack. I ended up uh, losing this game against Mikey, and yeah, it was a really close game. It was just ended up that the giant pieces of impassable terrain I couldn't quite get around fast enough mm-hmm. with my dark elves. So that's what ended up uh ended up being a, a loss so i ended up going in 0 and 1 to start the wapaka event all right so you're round 1 paul well i played against john withoon he's from the disco land jabbas had a nice conversation with him he's a really cool guy the club was based in he lived in paris for a while i've always wondered because i've seen on the wapaka website mm. that there's a club from paris and i'm like oh my goodness but he lived in paris for a couple of years and then he went back to minneapolis area so it's basically a Minnesota club at this point. He had an insanely well-painted Nurgle army, and it was actually a fluffy Nurgle army. Uh, how does that exist? Well, he didn't have any Rotflies, and he okay. was running a great unclean one instead of running a Demon Prince. Which I think is really good. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's really good, but he didn't have any <laughs> Rotflies, he didn't have any Skull Cannons. How many, so how many had, beasts of Nurgle do you have? Um, he had, I think, six. It wasn't that many. Yeah. I, Yuck. It, well, it's, Brian, it's Mono what's God. Your, what's your opinion <laughs> on Beast and Nurgle? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're not really that good. No Epidemius. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not bad. They're no slouches. But it was actually fluffy for a Nurgle army, which I appreciated. So you, what you're saying is he didn't have two Skull Cannons on top of the rest of his He didn't Nurgle. have two Skull Cannons, and he didn't have any Rotflies. It uh, was just a footslogger army. I, I don't know. Some of us would argue that the Beasts of Nurgle are just as good, if not better. I, th- I think they're better than the Rotflies, if you ask me, I guess. Oh, they are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kenny said yeah. they are. <laughs> so um, this game, so I kind of have to explain a little bit about how my army works here to kind of make it make sense. So my first deployment is two War Machines, two Doom Divers. My second deployment is the Arachnrock, and then the rest of my deployment is all characters. I only have one core unit. And it's unit of spider riders, and it had Snagla in it. And Snagla allows them to ambush, so they don't start on the table. So everything in the army moves like a monster, because I have four heroes on gigantic spiders, two Arachnoroks, and then the two war machines. To start our game off, he had lined everything up kind of, and it all ended up about average across the board. And my spiders ended up in the center of the board, so he had kind of lined up everything to be able to come across and take them out. And everything just kept moving left and moving left and moving left until a unit of three beasts of Nurgle and I think a small unit of Plague Bearers on my side, and that was it. And the rest of his army just couldn't get across the board fast enough. And then I ambushed in Snagla and a Spider Riders uh, all the way on the opposite side of the board. 
ended up getting caught with the Nurglings and he ended up being able to take it out with a bunch of other stuff that he had. It, I, I thought they'd be able to withstand more than one round of combat, or they'd be able to take out the Nurglings, but I was just wrong. Uh, he, he ended nerglings? up winning the game. I'm sorry? He had Nurglings? Like he little... had Nurglings. He, wow. had, he had two units of Nurglings, so he was actually fanning them out behind to make sure I couldn't ambush in behind too well. And So the game was actually really fun, but the most fun I had in the game was that John's a very good player. He's played at this army before. You know, He knows exactly what he's doing. And for the first two of the game, two rounds of the game, he had no idea where to commit and what to commit. And when he threw the Nurglings into Snagla and his unit, he kind of did it on a whim. He had literally been sitting there for three minutes going, I don't know what I should do here. And this is an experienced player saying, I don't know what to do against me playing this army with spiders. And he threw in the Nurglings on a whim, and that won in the game. Because he was just like, I, I don't feel like not being in combat anymore. <laughs> And so I really, like, it was a great game because I got to move everything around, still ended up getting a loss, but had a great time. So, Kenny, Good. your game won. Played Lou, uh, the guy who was the re- recipient of the dragon. Hangover Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sexy Dragon Magic, I think. He had some bad luck in the beginning. He was playing with a Croak and a Teto. Te- yeah, Teto Echo. Teto Croken. <laughs> seems yeah. seems a common lizardman thing to do. Well, oh. it was neat. You know, we had some rules questions about certain things because we didn't realize like how does this work and there's no FAQ. But it was fine. Uh, I ended up winning that game. Um, I tried early on, to, like I did, like the you know the propel the eleven twelve inch dwarf charge. I caught a Saurus. I won combat. I was trying to pursue him. I needed to roll a seven because like, <laughs> with uh, which I guess would have been a, I needed six inches, and I rolled and I rolled four to one. So I was like, wait, I have a re-roll. And I, I put my re-roll for Wapaka, which I thought at that point you only get one for the entire, like, the entire tournament. And I threw down, re-roll that one, and I rolled another one. <laughs> it's like, well, that's that. Cause that would have pretty much ended things right there. But no, it was, it was fun. Now, I think at the end he really only had his special characters left because we didn't know if we could attack them. It was kind of weird with the way the rules were. Mm-hmm. And looking back on them, actually the Lizard rules are pretty clear now. Like, it's, it's, they're written so clear that, it, you're looking for problems with the rest of the stuff. It's not just not there. So, we, oh yeah, I guess it is really that clear. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I won that game. That was one of the two wins I had. So, well, I mean, at least you started out the weekend well. I, yep. Yeah, I did. So going <laughs> to round two, I ended up playing against Brad Schwant. <laughs> you know, like I lost the first round. I'm like, okay, and I got my table, <laughs> and I got my matchup, and the matchups, like, okay, I've never played this guy before, and it's not Brad, and apparently. The guy I was playing against, they messed up his score in the, uh, in the scoring, so I'm like, ah, okay, so they switch over, so like, they're gonna have to switch here with somebody that lost round one. I'm like, okay, so they switch him, and I get a guy, and I get Brad, I'm like, how is it, I'm like, how is this, I just got done playing Mikey Ballard, and now I gotta play Brad, so this is like the <laughs> toughest tournament start I think I've ever had for a five game tournament, you know, as far as the skill level of the opponents that I've had. And this is, I think, if I remember right, this is uh, meeting gauge deployment, so diagonal deployment. And I'm on the same table again with a stupid mound of impassable terrain <laughs> in the center table with a hundred, you can only move a hundred millimeter unit through. So not only, you know, not only did I get Brad, not only did I play Mikey B the first round, I got the same table first two rounds. So I'm like, okay, well maybe that's enough of an advantage for me on this table. And the one crutch to this scenario was that one of your opponent's units you got to basically tell them where they had to deploy it. 
Yep. So Brad had this giant unit of Throg and Trolls, <laughs> and I forced him to place that in the furthest opposite corner from my deployment zone. And then if you if your opponent made, made you deploy it, you got a Vanguard move. Mm-hmm. This is where my crux mistake happened. So I forced him to deploy this. And if you remember your Vanguard rules, you cannot van you cannot move within twelve inches as part of your Vanguard move. Yep. I have a unit of shades to deploy. Uh-huh. All I had to do is deploy the unit of shades twelve inches in front of the trolls. It would have stopped Brad from Vanguarding. Yep. And pinched those trolls way back there. I would have been able to flee a charge turn one. Those trolls would have essentially been out of the game. They would not have been able to get into the game at that point. Instead, I depl- I would decide to be janky with my tr- with my shades and place them out of charge arc, <laughs> so that I could shoot more with them. And the trolls were able to pre- proceed with marching turn or uh, vanguarding, and then marching turn one and being in my grill uh, by like <laughs> turn three or four. And this is what lost, and that's ultimately what lost me the game. Because what Brad did with my my unit is he take my unit of witch elves and basically place them where he'd have two units of skull cro- or the whatever the the juggernauts the corn knights are, and he had like two units of those and some other and like chaos knights or something else over there too. I can't remember on that flank. And I was like, okay, this is going to be terrible. Like, my Vanguard moved with the Witch Elves, moved them backwards, and I was able to get, like, a turn two charge with, or a, you know, I think it was a turn two charge with my Black Guard with a Mind Razor on him, just deleted one of the units of Skullcrusher Knights. And then I, I ultimately ended up losing the Black Guard to the other unit of Skullcrusher Knights, but not, a, not after a bunch of grinding it happened. And I was in a position to really win this game, and that was my one critical mistake, though, was, just messing up that initial deployment because then those trolls were able to get to me. That extra turn or two got them to my L4, got them to my center, my soft, juicy center of my Dark Elf army. Otherwise, Brad had nothing for me. I really had the game won. And yeah, sure, he might have got the Black Art, but not after I took out like a Skull Crusher unit of Knights and I took out something else and I was in position. And, and, and it, because those trolls were on top of me so much, I had to, I had to force trying to reposition some things to try to account for it, and I wasn't able to account for those trolls. If I wouldn't have just made that one mistake, that one little mistake, I think I'd have had Brad. But instead, Brad Brad pulls out the win. Codesy's now 0-2. Mine's uh, pretty much going to be a short one. Uh, I played against, uh, I think his name is Jeremy Book. Uh, he was playing Chaos Dwarves. He had all Forge World. Gorgeous. He had only pitted it to three colors, but still, okay. three colors. I might have played him later. Yeah. You did, I believe. The The models are gorgeous. It was just a pleasure to see them across the board. He turtled in the corner. Yep. And I was like, okay, I can just go in the other corner, take a draw, but eh, I've already lost my first game, so I might as well go for it. And I was pretty happy with the result. I ended up taking out a 1,000 of him before he took out 2,000 of me. But, you know, I managed to get a bunch of stuff and had a pretty decent game out of it. So... That was a major loss to me, but like I said, I'm not going to... I didn't want to sit in the corner on the opposite. All right, Kenny, what, how'd your round two go anyways? Uh, I actually won that one. That was Bresca, and he played Zine nice. Charmy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, and I, I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Don't have a, I don't have a prayer. <laughs> uh, and somehow I did, uh, because I just... I put my cannon on the far side of the board, and he had to send all the stuff over there. And I managed to just... It was basically a game of dice. He, his My dice were better than usual, and he had just some bad dice. 
and uh, he came in, and I, and I had a Demon Slayer, and I played against the Demon Army. I was like, I nominate the Soul Grinder for my uh, my Grudge Rune, and the Demon Slayer <laughs> got over there and cut that thing down. And then Lord of Change <laughs> came over and pounded on him and killed him, but I had an organ gun still left. I only had one organ gun, but I uh, fired, and I managed to kill him. And basically, he was because the general point, it was 100 extra points. I think I won like 100 you know, in one point or something. It was like mm-hmm. right on the right on the line there. It was close, anyway. but yeah, it was pretty much he. If his if his dice had probably been normal, yeah, he absolutely would have had me. Yeah, I I listened to him talk about this game on Skull Pro. Awesome. Yeah, I heard that. Like, yeah, I heard that too. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, at least he was a sport about it. At yeah, least. it's like he's he like swearing <laughs> left and right. And he's got magic resistance three all over the place. That you know that uh, that wasn't true exactly. <laughs> I think he might have portrayed it being a little more uh, anti-magic than it actually was. <laughs> Dwarves are still, though, they're, when it comes to uh, the magic phase, they are they can pretty good at shutting it down. You really... At least at the moment. <laughs> I could, I, well, I didn't take that route. I didn't take like the balance route. I took a spell eater rune. But like his thing, like treachery, like whatever the treach, uh, Zing Treason. thing is, mm-hmm. it's re- they really didn't do much on dwarves because like he forgot that they have nine anyway. Leader nine, so, base, like, yep. yeah. You know, so right. you have to fail your leadership in order to actually be a letter round. Yeah. yeah, that's you know whatever. <laughs> hey, I so, took it. I was like, hey, it's a good one. I didn't think I was going to win that one. Yeah. So you're now at one or two wins. I'm at two, and then at game three is where I had I had. What I consider not a game, and that's where it went down. But <laughs> I, hope, I really hope that the opponent like isn't listening and thinking that I have any against him. I just no. Sometimes you have a game like that. Yeah, so, all right. So your game three, Ben. So now going into game three, I played against. Who did I play against? What did I play? I don't remember what I played against. Do you remember the army? Oh, I played against. I don't remember the guy's name, but I played against Lizardman. That's what I played. Kurt Kitchen. No, it was somebody I I know I remember Kurt. I don't somebody I never played before. He had the like his base movement tray. His bases were all like on Hurst, almost on like Hurst Arts blocks. I think if I remember right, he said this was his first tournament ever too. Oh, nice! Cool. So I mean, like, well, Packer for your first tournament, like, how do how That's do you awesome. go to, like how do you? Okay, it's really awesome, but now like every other tournament's not going to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're like, yeah, you're like, ah, oh, this is like because Wapaka is pretty much in my mind the epitome of what tournament the tournament experience is. I mean, I'm gonna go to QCR this summer, and we're gonna nice. do some comparisons there. But yeah, I mean, right now Wapaka is the the shiznit of tournament as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I played against his lizards, and he had. A big block of Temple Guard with a Slon. I don't even know what lore he had. It really didn't matter. And then he had Teto Echo in a big unit of Skinks. And then he had one more block of Saurus, of uh, normal Saurus with, uh, I think, a Scarvet in it. And essentially this game was Ben charged with Black Guard into the Temple Guard. Ben cast Mind Razor. Ben delete Temple Guard. Toad breaks. Toad is also BSB. Dead. Toad dies. Ben overruns into Skinks. Skinks die. And then game over. No more lizards. He gives up. Oh, man. That's a hard loss, game three. Hmm. One <laughs> casting of Mind Razor on the Black Guard. They, by Black Guard, basically deleted his entire army. That spell is hardcore. Yeah. Mind Razor. Mind Razor. All right. Uh, my game three was against Greg Marcotte. I've met Greg a couple times, and I have to apologize. He probably doesn't know this, uh, but I was about halfway through the game, and all of a sudden I started feeling not so well, 
and ended up I had food poisoning from the weekend before I had eaten at a restaurant, and all my family actually ended up getting food poisoning over the course of the week. But mine just happened to hit during did, the third game. It didn't sink in until a week later. Well, actually, food poisoning, you can have food poisoning from up to like six hours to up to seven days later. It's just the bacteria. Huh. It's really weird, but I know for sure. <laughs> wow. Right. So, um, yeah, and I was kind of like, we had eaten the same. We had split our meals. And so if one of us got it, the other one probably would get it too. But anyway, I apologize to Greg because I was really excited to play him. And then all of a sudden, I just felt like crap. And um, I had to go to the bathroom twice to puke and rally during our game. And I felt really bad because I absolutely destroyed him because, like, everything's moving, everything's moving, everything's moving. And he was playing with ogres, and he had everything. He had his big unit in a building. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll just kill everything else then. So I just killed everything else. At one, uh, at one point, I had nine charges on one unit from 360 degrees. Wow. So... I really enjoyed playing him. If I wouldn't have had food poisoning, he probably would have actually felt that I really enjoyed playing him as well. But I ended up getting a win off of that game. Oh, that sounds good. I mean, that's a good way to end day one. Well, like, not puking, but winning. Well, <laughs> winning, I mean. A lot of people were probably puking. <laughs> yeah. I played a high elf army, and it was put into a building. It had a bolt thrower. He had uh, oh, I heard 20, 20, uh, 20, 22 archers. Uh, maybe like 30, 35 sea guard. Mm-hmm. Was he like then, the, did he have like a giant block of Phoenix guard? It was a giant block of the white lions. Of the white lions, With okay. four level one wizards, mm-hmm. and then a BSP. Oh, I heard about four this army. And he, put, and, he, and he bought the 100 point tower. Now, everything he did is legit, and I'm not... <laughs> No, I feel like I, I feel like I'm a rat. I feel no, like I'm I don't mean it's, to. A, it's okay. <laughs> but it's what he. I'm different sure idea of, of Warhammer, you know. I guess so. And and I went through like a, I guess a different like roller coaster of emotions throughout the game. Like should I should I just go to the other end of the table and just we drop that? But I I can't. I feel weird doing that. And mm-hmm. like I can't. I don't want to just. I play games where I just basically break my like it's like water on rocks. I basically just throw and grind points and give the game to my opponent. And then I just like. I felt more and more getting to this. I'm like, oh, just, this is... So eventually I just got bored. I was like, screw it. I'll just... So I, I realized there's another another building, and I took my big unit, and I threw them in there. What the hell with this? And then I took the other guys, <laughs> I'll just throw them at his guys. He'd be like, screw it. I just want something to happen. <laughs> and I actually, I got some points off of him miscasting in his tower and, like, you know, dealing damage to himself, <laughs> but not not really enough. And he ended up winning the game by, like, whatever at that, at that game, because each one had a different, like, scale. Of how yeah. went. But he got, like, the maximum points. But yeah, that, that for me was just uh, probably one of that is one of the most boring games I've ever had, and it's just because to me I felt like I didn't get the any non-game. game out of yeah. it. Which, but I, then I guess I sit down at the table and I expect something different. Mm-hmm. I guess with when I play, I expect triumph treachery every time. Yeah, <laughs> well, Broder actually played him last game, and he was talking about that at school. Bro's awesome, and he like kept the, the guy was coming over and be like, "I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry." I'm really sorry. Before they even got to the table, I was like, like, we're not going to win anything, but Come get it. They're like, well, I have dwarfs. Yeah. Come get, yeah. You know, I think I'm getting into the mindset where if my opponent's going to be doing something that doesn't promote gaming or, you know, doesn't promote combat, I'm really going to just be like, okay, well, you know, my game is just going to be go sit in the corner and then go drink beer because... There's a little part of me that says that I'm giving the game to my opponent because I'm just too bored or, you know, whatever. You are. I'm because in the same spot. Honestly, if you end up playing that game and you just sit in the corner, 
game lasts, what, half an hour, and it's over, you could probably get another game in after that. But if you're in the tournament, you could, you know, like, I could have probably gotten another game in or gone home, you know, gone back to the hotel room and hung up with my wife. But I'm like, no, I want to stick to this two-hour game of Warhammer. And Domus kind of always preaches about, you know, Midwest doesn't like shooting armies and, you know, and he's right. Like, people don't like armies that don't engage into combat. But for me, I think I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, well, if my opponent doesn't want to engage in combat and that gives me a draw, then why don't I accept that as a game? I mean, we're playing in a tournament, and so I can get my fun games other way, other places. I come to a tournament to play. Can we get a draw out of that? Like, what would happen if I were to so draw? So if neither of you got more than 100 victory points, it'd be a draw. You can't miscast. You can't lose a 200-point character. Oh, I should do that next time. And you, if you don't fire your war machines... Yeah, you don't lose anything. See, he I has just, to come to you. Mentally, me as a player, I mm. I can't. I just couldn't do it. I can't get myself in that spot. Like, I, yeah, I did it, a lot of growing it, up over Wapaka over the weekend of having to push myself to new new styles of play. Yeah, sure. I don't like them, but it was, it was so experience. There's a at least. certain level of tournament play that ends mm-hmm. up, I think, happening if you're playing the game on on that level. I heard stories yeah. uh, on a Heel and Hammer or Bad Dice. I think it was Heel and Hammer about like events where. People basically just drew. They just decided mm-hmm. to stop there and not really, play the match. Yep, really big. And I was, I was like, are you, are you, like, does that really happen? It's a That's very really European big. style of play, like, especially um, in the ETC. Yeah, I just, basically, I don't, I don't. I mean, I get why it makes sense to them, mm-hmm. but I just can't wrap my brain around that. Well, it, it makes a whole lot more sense in a team environment. If you're yeah. playing with a team, you've got ten guys, and you say, just sit on the other side, don't give him anything, and we'll get ten points. It makes sense, and I. I'd happily play a game like that if I'm on a team. If I'm with nine other guys and they're waiting for me to get points, I'd happily play that game. Especially when the rounds are, you know, you're only scored for like 60 points. Your team Mm -hmm. is like four guys or six guys or something like that. And your round is only scored on on, uh, the performance. So, you know, you only need one or two guys to pull in a 20-aught and you're maxing your points. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a problem with the way the the actual event. But... if you come to that, you know what you're sitting down to play, so that's mm-hmm. that's fair. I wouldn't go to something like that. I guess I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I think there's I merit. Invited anyway. <laughs> there's merit in the team event, that, mm-hmm. but that type of you know playing on a team that that where mm-hmm. you're okay with where everybody's okay with taking a draw. That's I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm into that either. Well, like, I want everybody yeah. playing their best hammer. I want to. I want everybody playing for fun. I want a. I want a bunch of people on my team that are all playing yeah. a really good hammer that are at the top of their game, like uh, Mike Gerald and. Mm-hmm. And just having a good time. That's yeah. that's the idea. That's, well, that's the kind of hammer I, mean, I want to play. We've done Illinois versus Wisconsin team challenges before. And, you know, we are playing on a team, but we don't go for that. You know, we go for – every time that we've gone now, we go for a broke or nothing. Like, it's more about the experience, but that's it's just a different style of Warhammer. Maybe writing something into the scenarios where, like, you can't turtle or where it, like, discourages, mm-hmm. like, buildings and turtling that's, and not engaging. There's a huge thing there that you're saying – and that maybe this is just something that I'm more aware of because I'm obsessed with the UK, is that my understanding of the vast majority of UK tournaments, there are no scenarios. It's pitch battle. They're all battle line. They're all. Well, yeah, I guess I so, can't speak to that because I don't. Yeah, I don't know yeah I'm pretty sure. There. I'm pretty sure the ETC is all. Yep. Every scenario is battle line. Mm-hmm. Every time, so and all the tables are almost identical as far as terrain. Or they'll have no. six pieces of terrain. Each opponent will bring three pieces okay. of terrain. It's it's different. I and mean, when I first go over there, like hopefully this later this year, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to have. I thought about going to a tournament. I thought that would be. Oh, I want to go over to the UK and go to a tournament. But I think that would be a poor introduction to gaming. I'd go rather to go to Warhammer Skulls. World. Yep. Go to Throne of Skulls. 
if you can make it work. It's not your typical tournament. It's not going to be that kind of gameplay because, well... I'd rather go to Warhammer World on their tables because what I'm looking for is a, a fun cinematic game. So I'd rather have it look good and just mm-hmm. have a good game where nobody can, you just have a good time. So Throne of Skulls is at Warhammer World. It's a tournament in Warhammer World itself. And they use okay. the Warhammer Warrior war, Warrior Code. So you can bring your Siege Giant. You can bring any of your Forge World stuff included as a special choice. Hmm. It's a fun All tournament. Right. And the winner is decided by who does the best out of their race. Not who scored the most battle points. Oh, see, now there's, there's a door play. There's going to be door players. You know what? I'll give them all food poisoning, and then <laughs> <laughs> they'll be out. They're like, default, default. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Let's, so there's my little soapbox. Let's go ahead and work on wrapping up our pack of coverage. Yeah, anyway. I lost the rest. Now that we're all <laughs> deviated, let's move into game four. So game four, I played against the Chaos Dwarf guy you played earlier. Jeremy Book. Yep. And he says, oh, yeah, I... Dark Elves are my old army, and I'm just getting into the Chaos Dwarves, and I haven't quite got the feel of these guys, and I look at his artillery train, and I remember saying the night before when I saw his army that I'm like, I really don't want to play against this guy. <laughs> this is the army I don't want to play against. It doesn't look like it's going to be a ton of fun to play against. I'll just give a... Can you mind if I give a recap of it quick? Sure. He it had was... a Dreadquake Mortar. He had yep. an Iron Demon. He had two of the Death Rocket Batteries. Yep. And he had two of the Flame Cannons. Yep. And then he had two units of 20 Infernal Guard. Two engineers that sat in the back. So he put two level the Iron one Demon fire. in the front, yep. and then the two two blocks of uh, Infernal Guard in front of them, and then the, the War Machines slightly in front of them, but still you'd have to actually get to the Infernal Guard, and then the Dreadquake Mortar in the back. Well, no Kadai at least. No, exactly. <laughs> no, and that's what no he said. Kodai, he said, I'm just... not playing a Kadai. I can't be playing a hard list. Yeah. I, this I game was going to go one of two ways, <laughs> and I won this game. <clears throat> So this game is going to go one or two ways. I've got a ton of ton of really fast light units, mm-hmm. and and I will also caveat that this game is going to come down to who gets first turn. Yep. So I've got a bunch of fast light units. I have a Dreadlord on a Pegasus. I have two units of five Dark Riders. I have the Shades. I have a bunch of stuff that can get around his very static dwarf blocks and get to the juicy War Machine Center. And if I get to the uh-huh. juicy War Machine Center, the Dark Elves with ASF should have the advantage on those little three-man War Machine crews. Yep. And the Dreadlord's just going to eat any War Machine he gets to. Absolutely. So we so we set up. He basically puts everything smack in the center of the table in about a, maybe, you know, up, up he'd start. Yeah, I think there's things that were at the 12-inch line as far as up into the deployment zone, but the whole thing took maybe 18 inches of his total deployment zone. I mean, everything's just packed in there as tight as can be. Yep. We roll to see who gets first turn. He's getting the plus one. He gets he gets to choose who's going to go first. He tells me I can go first. I'm like, WTF? <laughs> you have an artillery train. Even if you get a few shots, that's a few shots that you... More. Than you more than before. you would get before. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm taking first turn. Drowsy Sunday morning players. <laughs> well, he actually gave me the first turn, too. I think he literally was figuring out this army. He bought it because it looked cool. He knew how to play, technically. But he literally was figuring out how to play the army. That's fair. So I so. literally moved the Dreadlord straight up the table, put it at like a 17 or 18 inches of charge range, but in a position where he couldn't charge it with the Iron Demon, and he was going to be at like a needing a 12 with the Dwarf Blocks to get to him. Yep. And then I moved the Dark Riders around so they both on both sides of his, of his blocks could get to a War Machine, and the Shades moved so that they could shoot. And I shot... 
On turn two, I charged with the Dreadlord, I charged with the unit of Dark Riders, and by like turn four or five, he had no War Machines left. Nice. And then I was able to charge uh, the Witch Elves into a dwarf block, into one of his dwarf blocks, Mind Razored up, by dwarf block. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple turns, but I'd buy dwarf block. And the other dwarf block, I finally killed at the end of the game with like crossbows in the front, and I think Dark Riders in the rear, and Mind Razor on the crossbows. And there was like 10 or 11 crossbows left by that point. You know, and I tabled his army. Yeah, I didn't table his army. I did, he, he did still have the pain train on the table, uh, the Iron Demon. That I, <laughs> I had no answer for that, but at that point, he was just wandering around the table trying to shoot at my stuff. Yep. Like, yeah, I won, but this is the only game of the weekend where I'm like, I, I'll be honest, if in halfway in the game you're sitting there telling me how cheesy my my army is, that's not cool in my book, and I'm gonna call you on it, dude. You're sitting there telling me how cheesy my dreadlord is, like, dude, the guy, the guy is a, the guy is an elf on a Pegasus with a lance. That's what it took to kill your war machines. Come on, how are you telling me that's cheesy? You didn't put anything into trying to stop him, so. You know, you tell me he's cheesy all you want. That that's that's not cool in my book, and you definitely didn't get my favorite opponent vote for vote for the weekend. Now, and this game was going to go one of two ways: you're either going to artillery bomb me off the table, and I was going to have a miserable game, or I was going to kill you with my dreadlord, or I was going to kill you with the dark riders and take you off the board. And it went the way it went my way. So, cool. Yep. Whatever. Great game. Moving on to somebody else. All right. I played Kevin Bruins. Which was great because I know Kevin Bruins. I played him a bunch of times. Way to give him his favorite opponent vote. Ah, uh, yeah. It was seriously when you are like suffering from food poisoning, rocking up to the gate because you missed the mustache competition and the feats of strength because you're puking in the hotel room, mm-hmm. and you rock up and you're like, "Oh, I get to play Kevin Bruins. Awesome." I know I'm not going to be have to be I figured too it out with him. Demanding. What? Like, why is this guy always winning best sports? And I played him at bits, uh-huh. and I realized it's the hand jobs. <laughs> like, well, like that's I, I will not comment <laughs> on or you know, like everyone likes this guy, and he's a very likable guy. Nobody uh-huh. else knew who to vote for because McClure wasn't there. It's like the uh, it's like that Family Guy like Bill Clinton episode where like they start they want to talk to him and then like they do a swipe to him sitting in bed smoking like damn he's good yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that, well, it's just, you know, it's that big smile. It's that big boyish smile. It just gets me every time. <laughs> I was disappointed I didn't get to play him this week. It was a really good game. He was playing with his Beastman. I was playing with my Spiders. I moved everything over to the left. Got him about half of his army. Ambushed in with Snagla. And I shouldn't have ambushed him in where I did. So that was my mistake. Um, he obviously outplayed me regardless. But I had a chance to take out his Doom Bowl, his Flying Doom Bowl. I hit him with three Doom Divers directly. Did two wounds, three wounds, and couldn't kill him because he had four. It's just or five, or you know, I was one wound off of killing him. Thinking on this game actually made me realize exactly what I was doing wrong this weekend, and how I'm really looking forward to continuing to play with this army. Really, what it was is I was I don't I think I was listening to Bad Dice Daily or something like that, and he was talking about tactics, and I was looking through in my head and I was kind of going over my games, and I love the way that the spiders move everywhere I want them to. And they give me so much flexibility. And they every game that I played against someone, they allowed me to take out their army by bits and pieces. Because everybody's got more of these static armies at the moment because everybody's got monstrous infantry or monstrous cavalry. And, you know, that it's the same type of army. But the thing is, I look at my snaggle unit and I say, look, I can go anywhere on the board. 
And in my head, I say, I can go everywhere on the board, therefore I should go anywhere on the board. When in reality, I've got my entire army on one side of the board. Why would I not ambush in Snagla directly next to my two Arachnoroks and my four heroes? Where literally, I can be like, oh, I've got my entire army on this side of the board. And I've got backup with fortitude to be able to win these fights that I'm trying to be able to take down my opponent with. And so it's literally just a mind shift of, ambush allows me to go anywhere. Alright, unless my opponent is giving me something on the other side of the board, I should just ambush in where everything has moved to and get all of my power concentrated on half of their army. Yeah. Because I gave away Snagla and his unit against the two ga- in the two games where it really mattered to, miss- to John Withoon, I put him next to the Greater Demon. Why would I do that? You know, he's n- he's my least fighty thing in my army. And then against Kevin Bruins, I put him behind his whole army where he had an opportunity to turn around and face him. Why would I do that? Why would I give away 700 points of my army when I could just literally put it where the rest of my strength is and just push forward? It's a problem I know too well. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, big thanks to Kevin Bruins for a great game and also for helping me to realize why I love this army and how much I'm really looking forward to playing this in another tournament because, yeah, I'm really getting a feel for how much I like this army and enjoy playing it. And for anybody who's listening is like, there's no way I'm ever going to play that army. Goblin heroes on gigantic spiders are amazing. Totally use them. In a night goblin army or regular orcs and goblin army, it'd be awesome. Well, it sounds like a weeknight game. Yeah. Okay. So, Kenny, what was your round four? I played Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun. It was a lot of fun. It's Chris uh... Tomlin from the Black Sun. (laughs) Well, he got that way a little bit. He he was really hungover in the beginning. (laughs) I remember seeing him woke up throughout the game. I saw him in the hot tub at like 4:30 when I got up from puking, and I'm like, "What are you still doing up?" He said he got up at six and he was in the pool. Sorry, six. Something. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I don't entirely know what happened to the beginning of it. He, <laughs> I, I basically, like, I just got extremely lucky and I shot off all his stuff and then, like, it panicked, triggered panic. Basically, everything that could have gone wrong for him went wrong. He was about to call it, uh, and I was like, just stick it out, you know? <laughs> it's only, like, turn two. Uh, and then he, you know, it's a good thing he did because he stayed and he basically only had two units left of Stargirls, but they just, they got in and, like, they just grind down my units and the, the dwarves, like, at 2,000 points. I couldn't stand up to anything that was like protracted, you know, passed around or two, and they just like ground me down and won. But we had it was a fun game, and I like I didn't know if he was having a good time, but like he, you know, he kind of like woke up slowly as like he went. Up. I think it just, <laughs> he, was, he was still actually still drunk at the time. <laughs> so Chris, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for the game. Uh, I had a good time. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that my games in the UK are like that. Yeah. Well, be, how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Game five, Ben. Game five. I played against the, and I, and I apologize, I don't remember, there's another one, I don't remember his name. Again, first time this uh, gentleman from California, I believe, who had high elves with, was it double or triple flame phoenixes? Uh, was it triple fire or mage. quadruple? It was triple. Four was high elves, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. So it was triple, because then those were frost hearts, not the flame phoenixes. Okay. Who brought flame ones? Yeah, he brought the flame ones. He had, Five units of, I think he had five units of fast cav for his core, um, and then he had a fire mage on a dragon, and this is another one of those games where it came down to turn one. If it, if I get turn one, mm-hmm. then 
I can push things kind of up and control positioning. If I don't get turn one, he's basically going to fly over the top of me, do the Flames Phoenix thing over the top of me, and just continue doing this for the rest of the game. And I didn't get turn one. So <laughs> that's exactly what happened. He literally would pick off models of mine at a time. And then I can I rolled Snake Eyes to charge at least <laughs> twice in op- uh-huh. opportunities where at some point he's like, okay, I just, I'll, I'll give you this potential charge where you need a seven to charge me just because this game is kind of dumb. I mean, this, it was, this game was kind of dumb. I mean, it was, I was, if I didn't get first turn, I was completely outmatched. I'm like, and I'm telling him the whole time too. I'm like, dude, just go over the top of me. Don't bother giving me that position. He's like, oh no, I'll give you a position. It's the last game of PACA. I don't want to, I don't want to just, uh, play it the way it'll math out the best for me. And he'd give me a charge and my guys would be like, Nope. Snake no, eyes. It's on fire. We're not, char- we're no. not charging that. So, I don't know. And this is the only game I think all weekend I got tabled. I didn't end up getting Oof. tabled before the end of the game. It was the most helpless I've been in a game in a long time. Like, yeah. completely helpless. You know, we have a support group of people that get tabled. <laughs> you can come join us. Yeah, it was not a good note to leave Wapaka on. But, I mean, but he was really cool. And I, I can't, I, and, and he was trying to like help me out and have a good time. And yeah. at some point, like when you get loot, I, I get sometimes if I'm having a guy and I'm playing against a guy that's like that, mm-hmm. at some level I'm like, you know, I'm going to help you beat me. And if I can somehow figure <laughs> out how to be, come up with something good out of this, we're having fun, you yeah. know. And that was the kind of game we were having. So it was still a really good game. It was really fun. And I really enjoyed the game. It was just one of those things where I was absolutely it was an army versus army, and it was high elves versus dark elves, and it burns me that I haven't beaten high elves <laughs> with my dark elves since the new book came out. Especially since supposedly dark elves are supposed to have the advantage in that matchup, yep. and I don't, I just have not been able to do it yet. Uh, so it really burns me because I hate the pansy high elves. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, round five done. <laughs> Total record two and three for the weekend. Uh, nice. Um, my round five was actually worse than your round five. I played against I think Alex Habig. He was the one who brought his son, who was playing Orcs okay. and Goblins. He was playing Tim Kings. He had a really nice army, all like old miniatures, all really cool. Um, <clears throat> it came down to turn one, casket, and casket went off on the Arachnarch. Takes a wound. Okay, no problem. Then the casket goes off on my unit of four heroes because I put them in a unit because then they'll take less wounds because they only have to take one leadership test. So you roll 3d6 and whoever, you know, whatever is above your leadership, you take wounds. So I rolled like a uh, 12. I'm like, uh, you know, well, no, I rolled like an actually like a nine. But you're forced to re-roll if you don't succeed. Roll the dice, triple sixes. Mm. I killed Three out of the four heroes, my BSB had one wound left, and then next door to the next Arachnarok, dead. So literally my entire army (laughs) was off the board by the end of turn one, save for one Arachnarok. Turn two, charge in the Arachnarok, goes into unit of Tomb Guard, chase down dead. And then same time, my Spider Riders ambush in from the back, turn three, charge, dead. That was the game. That's like, I felt really bad for the guy because I was just like, ugh. But I've never, like, just been obliterated off the table, turn one. And there was, like, literally nothing I could do to make it different. I mean, 
You roll triple sixes on a low leadership test. That's the way it goes. Uh, okay. And, you know, still recovering from my food poisoning, I was just like, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> well, Kenny, you can't, you've, you've had to have had a better round <laughs> five than the rest of us. Exactly. Oh, right. I mean, it was fine. Uh, the, the, I played, uh, I want to say his name was Eric West. He had Beastmen. We were doing the banner call. His army was in front of us, like where we were sitting in the room. Nice. I, it was fine. Uh, I don't know. Like, I kind of got the feeling like he wasn't totally into it, but I don't know if it was just, like, he was just tired or that was just personality, like, mm-hmm. not as loud. But uh, I basically, like, you know, I had the big blocks and I just threw stuff because it, like, it doesn't matter. I don't have a good time. It just get into combat. So I just threw crap that didn't make any sense into combat. And he, uh, he beat the hell out of me. But, like, I, I had a good game. <laughs> and I, I felt like I was telling, like, look, I'm, you know, I, there's, we're just going to play. Let's just like have a good time. We'll just throw stuff and we'll just have a grind. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess it was fine. We, I, I had a pretty decent game. I mean, I was, it was over like maybe an hour before the round ended. Like he basically beat me and, you know, like I think he hadn't quite tabled me, but he probably would have if we continued the rounds. So you know, he just said, we said, we'll stop. Yeah. But I mean, it was fine. I, I thought it was a fine end. There was action. I finally got like combat and action, and I mean, yeah, all these scenarios that I desire, I lose in the end. But that's still like I have, I had a game. I had mm-hmm. a good time. It wasn't on this like dancing around points preservation bullshit. You know, we just yeah. played. Nice. And that was it. Yeah. And then a very dangerous, treacherous drive home. Yeah, yeah, it was that definitely was horrible. the the worst the weather has ever been. I think on a trip back from Wapaka, and yeah. I told. I told a bunch of the guys that I knew were traveling back from Point, you know, or from Wapaka, that, you know, if they needed a place to crash or they needed a layover, I, you know, let give me a call. Here's my number, yeah. or whatever. You know, I'm in Madison. If you manage to get that far, yeah. please crash there. But you know, I know Domus and Top ended up in Rockford overnight. Yeah, they managed to get that far, and mm-hmm. yeah, was, uh, I was so pit. I kept getting stuck behind. Like trucks were all around me, uh-huh. like a little like mini, and I just couldn't do it. And they were, you know, they kicking up, yeah. and I was just like, I just screaming, like just impotent rage at one point, like God, <laughs> um, just kicking up on the windshield, like <laughs> yeah. But of course, uh, congrats to Chris Tomlin from Black Sun for taking best painting. Yeah, they took up to be Rick quite a bit. Got best general, of course. Mike Gerald, people's champion, took overall. Okay. Second year in a row, Mikey uh, Mikey G is taking that, yeah. And Mr. Bruins got best sportsman. So Skull uh, Bros uh, again dominating at Paca. Exactly. Uh, I was I have to say if there was one disappointment, and it's just me being silly, is that I was actually really excited about my man of intrigue. I converted him to match that drawing from the fifth edition of the Spider Rider Gabo, and I didn't think I would win, but I don't know. You should have put him on a toilet. Yeah, I should have put him on a toilet or something. No, I, I, um, obviously Ryan Nickel is a better painter than I am, and he did an incredible job on that miniature. But I was just, I was hoping, I was hoping above hope that enough people would vote for that man of intrigue because I know I got one best player or one best army vote, and so eh. you know, I don't actually know what my score. I know I got like overall in the bottom like ten or twenty, but I don't actually know what my score. I got is. number eighty-eight out of a hundred. Oh yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't look at my score. I, I, I did better than that. Yeah, like, you you did beat me then. I was at like the bottom. <laughs> I was still. I think I was just above the bottom third. Although my up. favorite thing about the scoring was that Brad and Andrea tied, and I was taunting them on their drive home because Brad was like, "No, technically I won because I had a higher strength of schedule." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know if I would. I know the difference was. I know I lost two etiquette points. 
Let's see. And if I wouldn't have lost those two etiquette points, I would have been like that difference would have put me in like the top. You know, would have been put me over the top half. Eighty-three would have put me up there a ways further. So now, what were the maximum points? A hundred. Okay. Uh, what was a five what, points per game? I think it was. So like, I gave myself a sixteen paint, and they bumped it to a seventeen. Well, you could have gotten the best army nomination, or you could have gotten a vote for best man of intrigue, or no. the, or they could have, <laughs> or they could have given you another point. They yeah. did. Uh, they might. They might have points. taken it up. Yeah, I, got, I gave myself a seventeen, and I got a nineteen. What sports? So, What's what can you get on sports? Oh, I didn't do that well on sports. I had food poisoning. I see twenty-one. That's better uh, than me. I think I got nineteen. I don't think I did that well. <laughs> anyway, awesome tournament again. By the bear, by the Raj, by Johnny. Yeah, they love it. They always put yeah, on Packers so, one really. of the one of the the premier events in the Midwest. So definitely Easily. really good. It'll be really interesting to see how fast they sell it this year. There's so many yeah. people that are like, dude, we're, we missed it this year. We're going to be back next year. There's a few of us that have, all, have been there. This is I've been there five years of Pack. I've been there for five years in a row now. Yeah. I don't expect to miss next year's, but I expect it to sell out like within hours of yeah. the tickets yeah. going on sale. This is this my year. third Pack. I definitely hope to be back for the fourth. This is my first. But yeah, I will, uh, when I moved to Wisconsin, I was like, "You got to go to Pack." Oh yeah. The biggest thing I got out of it was really like, besides meeting great people and like putting names to faces, it it was the inspiration. It was getting there and seeing that it, it doesn't ha- it, you don't have to be stuck in the stagnant hobby. Like these no. people just take it to another level, and it is out there. And if you think that you like, you've kind of kept what the hell is wrong with me? If you kept out <laughs> on your game, then you know, like it just it just shook up everything, and it was great. Yeah, great time. So, half visual. Right. All right, let's go ahead. That was we'll our take two a break. Hour long show. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was two hours in one one long segment. <laughs> so much for our new form. I was trying, man. I All right, trying. so let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Okay, today, folks, uh, one thing we're going to keep in the show, yeah, as we've talked about changing of the format, trying to shorten, our show, shorten up the show, and as you can tell, today's show, yeah, while shorter than what we've been putting out, <laughs> definitely with a number of people in the studio, definitely was a longer show than we wanted to put out, but continue to expect those shows. Um, we will try to keep them to about an hour from here on out. I hope you guys enjoy the new format. Please send us an email to hosts at whiskodice.com, uh, letting us know what you think, if you like those shorter shows, and if that works out better in your queue, if that helps you manage your being able to get a chance to actually listen to Whisker Dice when you're trying to get in all the other shows out there. I'm not saying that we're not the best show, best Warhammer podcast out there, but we know a lot of people out there have all sorts of different loves for shows. Maybe they have minimal time, the hobby time, when they listen to podcasts. So we want to make sure that you don't try to get us up on our queue. Let us know. Send us an email to hosts at whiskodice.com. Post a review on iTunes for us or wherever it is that you're downloading our show from. We'd love to hear it. So that's really, uh, I guess, uh, Conzie's rant turns into please submit feedback for the show. We want to hear it. We love hearing your feedback. You folks that are uh, sitting out there on the cusp of, oh, I'm not sure. Well, every time you submit feedback, it just goes to interacting with our audience, interacting with the people that we hear our show and listen to it. And it was great today to have everybody back in the studio that we had. 
uh, to be able to go ahead and share our experiences about Wapaka. We've really tried to stay away from doing the tur- so many of the tournament coverage shows because there's so many of, there's so many Midwest podcasts and they're all talking about the same events and the same tournaments, but Wapaka is just one of those special events for all of us that we all enjoy and we all uh, were here to talk about and you can tell we all had a great time and had a blast at it. So hope to see you next year at Wapaka. It was great. Uh, thanks a lot. So that that's really wraps up the show. We're at this point, um, I'm in the studio here by myself. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Catch you next time. Peace out. <laughs>